All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthume and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 6, Episode 4 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast, presented to you by Odd Shark. I'm your host, Brock Segan. With me, we've got Dylan D. Berthume and Michael Biebs Bondi. How's it going, fellas? Festive. Very, very festive episode. Uh, getting close to Christmas here, closer to hockey. Um, doing good, doing great. Locked down, super locked down. We're in the gray zone where we're at, which means no one's allowed out right now. So it's kind of like decent timing though with Christmas. Like hopefully yeah. people kind of just stick to their own shit and then decent time with, the, with like, get together with the family during the holidays and then hopefully COVID's calmed down a little bit. Then we can go all party and celebrate the World Juniors after that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Perfect time. I was about to say with World Juniors, also with me getting a PlayStation Five. So you know they go like I just need. You're fine. With yeah. It. So this is my life now. It's perfect. <laughs> How about you, D? Uh, pretty good. Spent the morning listening to Nine Inch Nails music, so feeling pretty rowdy right now. Wow, what a morning. Yeah. Any reason? Big day. <laughs> um, just getting fired up or get your heart broke broken? up? And you know, I was like, every day feels exactly the same, so I had to throw on some uh, some Nine Inch. Nails. Needed some rasp in your life. Yeah, I just need a little Trent Trent Reznor going in my life. So just another okay. day in the life of D. Yeah, so just a teensy bit angry at the world right now, but other than that, pretty good. <laughs> Ooh, we're in for one. Yeah, this is no kidding. Um, all right, so we are going to change things up a little bit. Normally, our first positional preview episode is centers, but this week we're going to be filming two episodes in one, uh, probably releasing them at separate dates, though. But today we're going to tackle all of the wingers, starting with the left wingers. 
so as we do every single season, uh, we will go position by position, give you guys our respective top 10s at the position, uh, a sleeper, a breakout, a bust, and talk about a couple rookies in each, at each position. Um, D, would you like to point out uh, that sleepers and breakouts are basically the same thing? Or? Well, what, so what we say, we are, I guess basically, the way to look at it, every breakout is technically a sleeper, but not every sleeper is a breakout. Because a sleeper nice. is just uh, someone who you know outperforms their ADP or someone who we think may drastically outperform their average draft position. Uh, where you know a breakout will obviously fall into that category, but there's also the extra caveat that they've uh, they're breaking out into new lengths, uh, production not yet seen from them before. So, a little bit of a difference there, but yeah. <laughs> Every year we have the same conversation. I love it. So, all right, uh, we're gonna start with our top tens at the position, uh, as we do every year. We will kind of just go uh, top five for each of us, then the five through 10 for each of us to kind of compare notes and see who's got who ranked where and why and uh, to give you guys a better idea to come up with maybe your consensus top 10 left wingers. So, um, Beebs, why don't we start with you because I know you're a little bit different at the top. Ooh, so we'll start with you here and, uh, and then we'll argue with you as to why you've, you've done what you've done. Ooh, we're getting spicy on this one because mine's a little bit different than you guys, so I like that. Thank you for uh, letting me start this off, Brock. Um, my number one, which has mentioned, different, Artemi Panarin from the New York Rangers, 32 goals, 63 assists for 95 points in a nice 69 games last year. Um, reason I absolutely love this guy and have him above everyone else besides the near 100-point season and what would have been, say, 110, 115 if there's a full 82 games is the talent around him. He did this. 95 points while working with a rookie who had cons- what many consider a very down year as a number two draft pick in Capocacco, who's only getting better, only becoming a more natural scorer, which is just going to help add to that, which is ridiculous already, 63 assists that Panarin has, as well as they drafted this this guy. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. His name's uh, Alexi Lafreniere, and he's quite good. Um, so that's another elite talent jumping into Panarin's power play jumping just on the team taking away other defenders from what was an elite top line already um, we have our boy Mika Zibinijad as well there anyways I just love what's going on I, I only see him improving on the 95 points throughout 69 games obviously we have less games this year but I see him improving on those overall points per game um, whether it's just assists in general it's just the elite point production for me has him up there um, I'd love a bit more shots but that's okay when you're getting 63 assists. It's exactly, not- I'll take that. I, that can replace uh, two players. Um, at number two, <laughs> which is also different, I don't value goals as high as you guys apparently because I have... That's a weird, that's a weird stand. Yeah, I know, because I usually do. And honestly, when we go over to right-wingers, I value goals quite high. Um, but uh, I got Brad Marchand. For this one, I'm, I was a little worried last year, just the 185 shots all year. It's not as elite as, say, Ovi, who's coming in at third for me. He's 313 or whatever it may be, uh, 311. I think he led the league with, sorry, he was around that point. But um, for me, it's just the line mates and the, I'm an age guy. Ovi scares me. Only getting older, only getting grayer, but apparently getting the same amount of goals every year. Regardless, Brad Marchand for me is there just strictly because of the pasta and Bergeron line. We all know about it. I don't have to go into it. We're all going to have each person from that line on our, likely around our top 10. Bergeron's the only one who's slipping out at the center position. Um, but that is the, one of the best lines in hockey, and for that reason, I think Brad Marchand slides in. He's consistent. Um, he's been in the top five in points in, I believe, two of the last three years. 
he's right there for me. Number three, Alex Ovechkin, as mentioned, and I know that you guys have him higher. I got to bring him down a bit, strictly because of the assist production. I know that it's tough. We mentioned that you can get a ton of assists from literally anyone in the league besides guys like Ovi, and there's about five of this breed. His 311 shot, shots, elite, um, you know, it's doesn't get much better. Does, it literally doesn't get better. You, we know he's going to lead the league in shots. There's no questions asked every single year, unless you know Max Pacioretty goes a little crazier. McKinnon gets up there with him as well. Um, but for me, you know, 48 goals, phenomenal season. Would have topped 50 if we had an 82 game year. I just don't see it coming back. I see the assists staying around the same. I could see the goals dropping to 40 ish. Phenomenal year, but for me, that's still a 60-point year, and it's still just not... I can't justify that as a top-two winger. Yeah. Um, um, we'll jump in here, because I think our top threes are pretty Yeah, absolutely. Much the for the um, big boys, too. Yeah. And me and D both have Ovechkin at number one. Uh, obviously, I think that the Ovechkin-Panarin debate is... It's basically yeah. splitting hairs. Yeah, you're getting gold point. no matter what. It's just... Yeah, it, like, I would be happy to have... A chunk or a smaller chunk. I'd be chunk. happy to have either one of them on my team this year. Uh, the only thing that concerns me a little bit from Panarin's perspective is the 13.4 on a shooting percentage last year. Ryan Strom kind of played out of his mind. Uh, so it, it, it is difficult to imagine that they can recreate uh, as much magic as they had last year. But I, I agree that, that that team got better. That power play should be better. Uh, you know, maybe the addition of Lafreniere means that Kreider slips over to the right side uh, on Maybe line. Kreider actually plays for the first 30 games of <laughs> yeah, the year, so too. Yeah, I, so I like, I like Panarin a lot. I think that, that on-ice shooting percentage is a little high. It makes me a little bit nervous that that kind of production is uh, is sustainable. But this is a guy that has literally been over a point per game or right at a point per game his entire career, so I'm not worried that he's going to drop too far uh back towards the pack but Ovechkin's just like he's just a freak right like yeah. he just scores you're, you're getting year. goals no matter what and I think yeah. it's like we've talked about this a lot in the past it's a lot harder to find a guy that's going to score 40 goals than it is um, a guy who's going to put up 50 assists so uh, I think I just give a slight edge towards Ovechkin because he provides so much value there and especially in leagues that count uh like power play goals and stuff again another huge boost but that's not standard categories I I, I still have him just just slightly ahead, but yeah, it like, there's, there's you know, a case, on, on an overall scale, they might be separated um, by one spot. Yeah, yeah for me, I, uh, I, I like, I, I agree. I think it pretty much just comes down to the scoring format that you're in, right? If you cater more heavily towards goals, I think Ovi has to be the pick. Um, but if you're in a league that kind of weights goals and assists uh, more equally and is more centered around uh, just point totals, then Panarin would be at the top of my board. Uh, for left wing, but I, I agree. It just um, one. I think we probably saw, you know, as far as production go, it's hard to imagine it getting a lot better for Panarin, even with the surroundings improving. I agree, uh, but like you said, that thirteen point four on ice for me, um, not necessarily a red flag because I still think he's a safe bet for a point per game. But I would, oh, I don't expect him to be operating at over a hundred point pace this season. Uh, he could prove me wrong again, and obviously. You know, le- the improved roster would you know go a long way towards making that happen. Um, but yeah, I think he falls more towards around a point per game, which obviously makes it a little bit less enticing when you're comparing that to a safe bet of 40, 45 goals in Ovechkin. Uh, again, just pace because obviously we're working with a shortened season this year. Uh, but yeah, I, I always like opting for safety and reliability at the top of the draft, and even at thirty-five, I, I think there's not a safer bet uh, than Ovi, at least at this position. Uh, led the league in goals seven of the last eight seasons. That's such a crazy stat. Insane. Um, and we've seen him excel in shortened seasons before, condensed schedule. So I'm not worried about it too much, even with his age. 
Um, and again, durability is as durable as they come. He's only missed more than four games once in his 15 seasons. That's when he missed 10 games back in 09-10. So he's always played at least 72 games in a full 82, uh, which is incredible. So I think that's going to come into play here as well, like I said, with the condensed schedule. Um, So yeah, I'm not about ready to hop off the OV train yet. I kind of just keep trusting him to do what he's doing until he shows us otherwise. Yeah. Uh, If the shots start to dip this year or decline, then maybe we can have a conversation about it, but they're not, right? They're just as strong as they've ever been. So yeah, he's kind of an ageless wonder for me. And until he shows us otherwise, I'm going to keep having him at the top of my board. Uh, the other thing is if Marshawn had a clean bill of health, I might even have him above Panarin at two, just because I think his production's a little bit more reliable or he's got a bit yeah, of a longer tough, track yeah. record. Last Obviously year. the line's made a little bit stronger too, but with Pasternak being out, that bumps Marshawn down a little bit for me. Yeah. And Marshawn is not like, like they basically said they expect Marshawn to be out until the middle of January, which right. the season And starts. that was his original timetable. So it's a little bit, yeah. You know, so he, I, I think that he could be back for the start of the season, maybe miss a, a handful of games. But yeah, yeah. But even if he is, is coming in slow, if he comes in slow with a couple games, that could be the difference half between the boosting. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying, right? Yeah. If he maybe but boosting like OB yeah, up maybe above he's him just or... getting back on the ice at the time when the season ramps up, and he needs another two or three weeks to get back to full speed. And like you say, at that point, we've and, missed. And Pasternak is probably going to miss the first. And that's you know, the other maybe, thing, maybe too, right? 13 Obviously, games of the season. Yeah. I mean, maybe Marchand ends up shooting a little bit more, which could be encouraging, but that's why I have Marchand at four, and I actually have Jake Gensel at three. Um, I love Gensel. He had six, uh, 60 goals in his last 121 games over the last two seasons. <laughs> wow. Uh, and I really do expect him to continue at that goal every other game pace this year. He's always been a sharp shooter. He's got a career shooting percentage of 16.2%, but the last couple of seasons we've seen him maintain that elite level of finishing while still upping his shot volume. Uh, he registered 127 shots in just 39 games last year. It's the first time in his career he averaged over three shots a game. Uh, so I expect that shot volume to continue this year. I think a full year with Crosby, as well as a full year on the top power play unit, which he never had before last year, um, is it's enticing enough for me to move up Gensel into that third spot. I think as long as he stays healthy, um, he's going to be, like I said, a pretty safe bet for a 40-40 pace this year. Yeah, getting back to just Panarin and Ovechkin conversation for just a second, I, I, um, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there with when taking Panner in that high, it's like banking on him hitting the ceiling from a season ago again. Right. It's where there's just so much safety in these other guys too. And, and uh, for me, I still have Marshawn at three for that very reason. Uh, His production has been so reliable uh, over the last couple of seasons. So I, I still have Marshawn at three. I actually have Taylor Hall at four. I, um, I think that we've kind of seen what, um, Jake Gensel can do. His production is terrific when he's healthy with Sidney Crosby. Uh, but we just haven't seen what Taylor Hall can do with, with Jack Eichel. And I think that you can make a case that maybe that is why you would rank Gensel over Taylor Hall. But uh, I'm not really too scared of the unknown when you're putting a, uh, two guys like Taylor Hall and Jack Eichel together. So I think that, um, you know, we've seen exactly what Jake Gensel can do on that top line. While it's terrific, I think there is some potentially untapped potential with Taylor Hall at four playing a full season with Jack Eichel. Sure. And then I've got Jake Gensel right behind him at, at five. I think that those two are um, are very similar this year. I think they're very comparable. And uh, I just think that we've seen Taylor Hall take his game to like basically the um, Artemi Panarin level in the past and playing with Jack Eichel, who knows, right? And we talked about this uh, on our, on our um, off-season recap episode that he's also playing for for a contract again right like he's going there one year with Jack Eichel hopefully he uh, hoping that he explodes and then earns massive dollars again next year so uh, 
that that, that would be my five: Ovechkin, Panner, and Marshawn, Hall, Gensel. But yeah, I I, uh, I totally get where you're coming from. I thought Hall was one of the hardest players to project and rank on this list um, for a number of reasons. Injuries are obviously always a concern with him. Um, but you're right. There's the mouth-watering prospect of playing with Eichel for a full season. Again, I don't love you know making a projection based on the assumption that two guys that have never played together are going to spend a full 82 games together. So that's a little bit. Uh, I think that's coming into play as to why I bumped him down a little bit. Uh, and again, you know, he's. I think he's an unbelievable player. You know, we've seen him reach some. Do you got Hall at five? Before. I had Hall at six. I got Huberto okay. just above him at five. And again, the reason that comes into play. I think they could end up with pretty similar stat lines if Hall does have the uh, season that we're maybe expecting to. Um, I think he could end up being pretty similar to Huberto because Hall really uh, has never been that much of a goal scorer. He's only scored more than 27 goals once in his career, uh, and that's when he had 39 in that uh, 2017-18 Hart Trophy winning season. Uh, And I think especially playing against, you know, a really shot-heavy center or playing, sorry, with a shot-heavy center like Eichel, um, that he can end up being more the facilitator on that line, and Eichel could score the majority of the goals. So again, I kind of see, um, you know, Hall. Definitely, I could. It's easy to imagine a world where he tops a point per game this season, but I think it'd be more of like a 30, 50, 25, uh, you know, 60 pace sort of thing. Yeah, it's funny you say that, like, because when you first think about Jonathan Huberto, you're not necessarily thinking about him being much of a goal scorer either. But 30 goals two years ago had 23 in a in a short yeah, season last it's year. More, so he's a he's a guy that can definitely score and, and with Dad and off potentially well not potentially with Dad and off now in Ottawa not on that top line. Um, Huberto could stand to be yeah. even more of a shooter this I, season. Yeah, and I think it's just more it's a lot more similar his goal production to Hall than most people realize when they first think. You know, Hall kind of has always been more of a facilitator. Like I said, it's really only it's only been that one season where he topped uh, even just twenty seven goals. Um, so yeah, and I just think when you're comparing the two, yes, Dadnov left, but I still think Huberto and Barkov are just going to eat a ton of minutes on that team. And as long as he's healthy, I think Huberto is a slam dunk for a point per game this season. And I have a hard time imagining the same about Hall. Again, like I said, he's got that ceiling, but I just don't like making projections based off the assumption that these guys are going to play 82 games together. Hall and Eichel, that is. For sure. Where are you after your top three, Beebs? My number four, I got Jake Gensel. Again, uh, kind of for the same reason that you had Marshawn ahead of Gensel. Just, um, just the you know what you're getting for sure from Marshawn throughout an 82-game season. We haven't quite seen that from Gensel. The health thing's always a concern. I don't ever want to bring that into play. But this is a guy who hasn't made it out healthy in three years now, I believe. Um, on Honestly, me putting him at four, still a huge compliment. 20 goals, 23 assists, as mentioned. Um, I also think D. Lashery would have went 40-40. and 40. Phenomenal year, would have had 250-plus shots. We love that still. That gets him there at four for me. Just doesn't put him above the three mm-hmm. big boys. Just to just to correct you, he actually played eighty two the two years two, oh. two seasons prior. Last yeah. year was the first time he's been injured, but he oh. missed he missed almost the entire. It was season the playoffs, right? The year before that he went out or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I believe yeah, I believe he got hurt somewhere right. along the way. Yeah, so it's the playoffs. My bad. Yeah, um, you're right. Yeah, number five. Though I have Taylor Hall. Um, I'm I'm more again on on Brock's side on this one. I just really. I think Jack Eichel is going to take a huge step forward. He took a massive step last year. Mm-hmm. I think he takes one more, even if it's a little leap forward this year with Hall. Um, I'm probably the biggest Buffalo believer who doesn't live in Buffalo right now. So um, Thank that God has you to, live there. That has to play into this. Oh, God, it would be way colder than it is here right now. You see New York got like 40 inches of snow yeah, like yeah. overnight. I'm good. Do you think Taylor Hall's sitting there? six inches an hour. Taylor Hall's sitting there right now going like, yeah, I'm glad I took a one year. Um <laughs> But, uh, but we mentioned that the contract year comes into play for me. I do expect a big year off of that. I just, if I'm talking about injuries on Gensel, I got to talk about him on a haul as well. This is a guy who hasn't stayed healthy for the last two years either. Um, so full full year of health, 
Um, and uh, and I love the prospects of just Hall being up there. I love what's around him. Um, and you know, um, but you can make the same case for me. It's like D made such a good case for Huberto that I think it's almost like the OV. Um, Panarin debate where it's you're splitting hairs at that point. So yeah, again, um, I, I like Hall's like ceiling and Hall's upside a little bit more. It's really yeah. Easy. So it's really what you believe yeah. in more if you want that for sure. Yeah. Point per game, which I agree. I think there's no way Hero doesn't go point per game. Um, but at the same time, do you want to take it if you if you took maybe Panarin or someone who's for sure going to get you those points early? Maybe you could take a take a. I mean, at this point, you're right. really only taking your second I, or third player. I think player, that but. we can all agree that Taylor Hall is either going to be the biggest bust of the season yeah. or the biggest huge, deal in fantasy yeah. drafts. Like, I don't think there's anything in between. The really. in-between would be he plays 45 games and is amazing. Yeah. Or not, you know, he yeah. plays half the season. Have so we ever seen him with, like, a center of this talent? talent? I'm honestly just not. I'm, I'm in general, just so. asking. I'm no, trying like, to think back. I mean, Well, he had rookie Nuge, who yeah. was... Rookie. Again, obviously he's not Eichel. <laughs> Rookie Nuge, yeah. He's never had anybody of Eichel's status. Even when he's in when he's in Jersey, there really no. wasn't much. He got hun- he literally yeah. had ninety five points by himself. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, but he did always. I mean, again, that year in New Jersey, he played with two guys who were literally just facilitating. Kyle Palmieri was yeah. Geno City I, that year, and I believe, he sure yeah. was a really good two way player that year. So he played with two guys whose only focus was to get hold of the puck. And but yeah, he was he himself was on another level yeah. that year, and it's yeah. easy to imagine to, or to assume that if he does play a full season with Eichel that it's going to, you know, I definitely uh, yeah. top that season, but we'll see. Definitely love him too, because he's a Winsor alert. So yeah, had to big throw time. That extra Absolutely. Squeeze, so, you know, uh, for up. me at six, uh, I've got Huberto at seven. So like right there, I think that the Huberto Kyle Connor debate is similar to the Panner and Ovechkin debate uh, as where Connor, I think is just a little bit more of a reliable goal, goal scorer. Uh, this guy's basically just been like the steal of fantasy drafts for three years. You running. have Connor at six, six, yeah. Hubes at uh, at seven and uh, Nuge at eight. Where's Svechnikov? Nine. Okay. Okay. And Gaudreau, is, and, and Gaudreau at ten. I might as well wrap okay. up my there. You go. My whole list there. But uh, Kyle Connor, like thirty-one, thirty-four, and thirty-eight goals each of the last three seasons. Uh, he's topped thirty assists in both of those seasons as well. He's just. He's like, there's nothing really to say. Like his shot volume is insanely consistent. Friend of the show. His shooting percentage is ridiculously consistent, uh, and as on a shooting percentage has never really risen above a point where it's alarming. So, um, Kyle Connor has just been so steady. He never really, he never really ever seems to get talked about anywhere. Uh, and I, you know, as big of a Huberto guy as I am. I think that Panthers team is going to struggle a little bit this year. Yeah, you were the biggest Huberdo. Yeah, no, and I still am. Like, I'm a huge a Huberdo Huber fan. I think if you can if you can get them uh, like a little bit later than you would have last year, which I think is going to be the case, um, then that's obviously still tremendous value for Huberdo. Uh, but uh, Kyle Connor is another guy I've liked for a couple of years, and his his goal scoring production is just too consistent for me to pass up uh, for a guy that you, you're basically begging for him to score. Uh, 30 goals but again assist assists uh obviously it leans more in Huberto's favor but for me it's just a slight edge for Kyle Connor I think Kyle uh, Connor falls in that 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 category too where people don't realize how good he actually is in the season mm-hmm. that he kind of had um and I, I'm super guilty of that too before even looking at this list I was like holy shit what a season um so if anything this could be a steal that you get in your draft a little bit later um but yeah sorry you keep going there Bob. like even to... still like on on uh, Yahoo's ADP. He's not a like, sexy it's still, name. It's still really early. Like yeah. you're still getting ridiculous value with him. So I might be a little bit higher on him than most. Um, actually, I, I definitely am higher on him than most. But, but you like, can hide ADP, the last couple years, and he's right done now that. Is 74. 
Like, how's that possible? He scored 30 goals three years in a row. Yeah, if you're how is he at 74, 74? You're stealing like, him. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. doesn't make any sense. So, anyways, again, uh, I'm not going to talk too much about Huberto. We've already touched on him. Uh, but I do have Nuge at eight, which I think I'm a little high on Nuge yeah. as well. you got to get into this. To, to me, I think that, uh, they, you know, we talked about it last week. They picked up Cahoon for, for Nuge to play with McDavid. And I just don't understand how you can not have Ryan Nugent Hopkins playing a full year with McDavid. Uh, and even when he's not with McDavid, he's going to be a dry settle. I just don't. Well, like most dry settles with McDavid on the top line, I, which they, they just don't do that anymore. They I don't do. Think. They go I, back to it every season for like a fifteen or twenty game stretch. I, I, they I, always I, go back I, to it. It's I, too enticing. Shit. Yeah, I think that the, it doesn't matter who's coaching there; they can't resist it. They put them together. At I some think point. that at periods of the game, it, there will be points. We where definitely we got to try. Definitely. We got last year. They were saying the same thing. Like Drysdale is going to have his own line, and then two months into the season, there was like a month and a half long stretch where it was Drysdale McDavid on the top line, and Nuge is just playing with scraps in the bottom. Of the line. And I know. I wish he could play the right wing, or they at least gave him a chance on the right side, so we could maybe see all, all three, three of them together. together. Yeah, it's, that's I the just, only scare for me bonkers. on Nuge. I, uh, I think. I think that this is. I think this is the year, like where they've picked up enough pieces, they've done enough things where it, it they can commit to it a little bit more. And I, I like obviously when I you're down a goal, should, the, when you're just, down a goal in the third period, you can put them together. Um, but like, I think he's gonna play the vast majority of his ice time on Connor McDavid's wing, and, and to me, there's so much. There's so much potential there. I just can't. I can't overlook it. Uh, and if he ends up on the second line, then he's going to sewer fantasy lineups. But like, if he spends the whole season with McDavid, he's going to be a huge steal. I love Nuge. I just, I, I wouldn't take him before. I wouldn't take him before some of the guys you got ranked below him. But I love the positioning just to make the case, like just to have us battle over. Because I also don't agree, but um, but I, I, but I'm there. Me like, too. It's he just good. missed my top ten. So and if you can make a case for it, you're fine. And you, did. I mean, like, yeah, I don't think did. I even so, have to try too hard, other than the fact mm. that he's going to play with. Well, McDavid I mean, but you got Gaudreau exactly. after him, right? Yeah, I mean, I I am not a huge Johnny. Puffin. I'm not a huge Gaudreau fan this year. Um, if we want to talk about it, I just think that he. I think you're drinking the piss on him a little bit. I think I think he just had a bad year last year, and Johnny pissed. In in the playoffs, they were they were horrible. The, that whole top line was was awful. I, I'm not a big believer in the Flames this year. I I, I could be wrong. I, I used to be a, a Gaudreau guy, but that line just couldn't get anything going last year. Um, at the end of the year, like they were averaging, you know, <clears throat> like zero high danger scoring chances over the entire duration of the playoffs. Like that's they couldn't generate anything, and, and that worries me a little bit coming into this year. Uh, maybe it's a, a little bit of recency bias there, but I just I'm not a big uh, not a big Gaudreau guy this year. I think um, you know I, everything you said is about him for the most part is valid. I think like I said, uh, a lot of their struggles early in the season were a little bit overblown. I think they were still creating a lot of chances, their fair share of chances at, at uh, even strength. Um, and maybe the coach wasn't as patient with that top line as he could have been. Did a lot of juggling, and then it really just seemed like that whole team. Uh, struggled to get into a groove for the whole season. Uh, and I just have a hard time imagining a year going any worse for Johnny Gaudreau than it did last year. And he still carved out 58 points in 70 games. Um, so, yeah, again, I, I just think that we're never going to see him, at least you know, in his relative prime years, turn out a production level that low. He suffered 8.5 on a shooting percentage should definitely yeah, come back up. Suffered career lows in both shooting and on on a and on ice shooting percentage, excuse me. Uh, his ice time took a hit as well when they were struggling early on. 
Uh, and I think it's worth noting, like I said, even in a down year, still put up 58 and 70 games. Uh, and then we're talking about Nugent Hopkins, definitely a better point rate last year, but I think he was 61 and 65. Um, Which is a ridiculous 20-game stretch yeah. where that second line was the <laughs> exactly. best in Hopkins. Exactly. Walkers. So I just, again, I have a hard time ignoring the fact that Gaudreau was like a consistent 90-point guy for a couple of seasons before last. Um, and you just look at the, like I said, the point totals and the drops. Um yeah, it's just every red flag in the book. You're looking at a really talented player who suffered through a low on-ice shooting percentage season, and I have a hard time looking past that. And, uh, yeah, I try not to read any more of it in that. try not to get too involved with the narrative, so that's why I got Goudreau at 8. Um, so, yeah, I had Huberto 5. Yeah, Huberto 5, Hall 6. And then I actually have Svechnikov 7. No one's talked about Svech yet, Svechnikov. right? Svechnikov! No, nope. nope. I also have him. So you have Nuge above Svech- Svechnikov, too? One spot, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair. I was just curious. Uh, yeah, I went back and forth between Hall and Svechnikov a lot. Svech, um, you're kind of going ceiling. but I'm Yeah, so I ended that. up putting Hall just above him at six. I, I know you guys are all a lot higher, or a little bit higher on Hall than Boy I am. Taylor. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think we're just expecting, or maybe more so hoping, that Svechnikov's going to see another bump in ice time this season. Otherwise, you know, his production's kind of capped where it's at right now, unless... Um, you know, again, he's just 20 years old, so the underlying numbers could definitely take a jump forward. Uh, but he had 183 shots on goal in 68 games last year, despite only playing 16 minutes and 44 seconds a night. Uh, so another minute or two per game should be enough alone just to get Sveshnikov on a 30-goal pace. He averaged over half assists per game last season as well, uh, with a pretty reasonable 10.8 on ice shooting percentage. It's a very sturdy floor for a very young player, uh, and obviously the sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. So I, I just don't think you get... Um, you really don't see this kind of value where you've got a 20-year-old who really feels like a slam dunk bet to finish around a 70-point pace uh, with a lot of room to grow on top of that, right? Both in terms of ice time and then his development as a player as well. Um, so, yeah, again, I wouldn't be surprised to see his underlying numbers take a jump as well, see that shot volume uptake a little bit even more. Uh, but even if he's not, just a bump in ice time would be enough to get him over that 70-point clip. Um, so I think the guys I have ahead of him are all pretty safe bets to produce a point per game, and I just can't say the same for him, so that's why I have him at seven. Uh, but I do think that his floor is sturdy enough to have him there, and I like his upside more than the likes of Nugent Hopkins, um, et cetera, et cetera, maybe even a good draw. Uh, Kyle Connor, again, kind of just falls into that same category where the floor is incredible. I think he's really overlooked, but the lack of assists really just seems to kind of put a cap on his uh, upside, right? Like it's hard to imagine this guy ever busting over 90, 100 points if he can't. Yeah, no, not over. If he can't pick up that. more than thirty-five helpers in a season, um, so that's my one knock on Kyle Connor. But yeah, I mean, as far yeah. as goal scoring Same. goes, he's still just twenty-four. As reliable as they come, obviously a ton of value in that. So he still gets into my top ten at number nine, uh, and then I got Landis Cog filling out at number ten. I found ten a pretty tough spot. I think it could have been. Yeah, you could cycle it. Well, realistically, we're we're all gonna have someone at the end of our top ten, yeah. and you could cycle that person out. Yeah, for, and yeah. think like I probably yes, I have Landis Cog here. If I had to put money on it, I'd I probably bet on him time, having so. a better year than Nugent Hopkins. But again, saying at this now, listening to Brock's arguments about it, I probably have Nugent Hopkins at ten. Uh, just because I think the upside is a lot greater than what you're getting with a guy like Landis Cog. See, and to me, I think that you're more guaranteed to have Nugent Hopkins play a full season with McDavid than you are Landis Cog playing a full season with McKinnon. Yeah, Especially with Saad in the picture now in Colorado. And it's just like I don't. Think I, I think that they're. Spot, I think but. they're quicker to move Landis Cog off of the top line yeah. than than Edmonton will be with, with McDavid now that they've got actually some decent wingers. Um, I think I think the one thing I will say that I'm definitely reading into too much is the fact that 
Cahoon and Dreisaitl are both German, and I feel like they're just tied at the hip because they're both German. <laughs> they tried it. They tried with Toby Reader. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> in your defense. We're comparing apples to oranges, at least now. And yeah. they gave them, uh, like, way longer of an audition with Dreisaitl than they ever should have because mm-hmm. they were both German. Yeah, so, yeah so because of that. So you might have something. something so, if anything, you'll get an extended tryout just because like, they can speak the same language. Like, and when other I picture it, it's just like understand they're, they're it. literally, like, they're together. They're tied at the hip this year. Yeah. Beeb's so, uh how about your bottom five there? To bottom put on five, anything the, different? Uh, yeah, uh, a little bit different. I do have one that really stands out. But number six, I got Kyle Connor. We don't have to get into it. As mentioned, goals, goals, goals. Thirty-eight goals, only ten off of Ovi's pace, uh, or what Ovi had last year. I mean, only ten. Um, that's quite a bit. But at the same time, Kyle Connor really stood out as you know one of the elite goal producers at his position. And I just I still can't get over the fact that I read see that his ADP is seventy-four. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about that because I'm just gonna get mad and start I'm throwing already, shit, man. and then. And then we don't end the episode. <laughs> number seven. Uh, well, we do end the episode right now. But uh, number seven, Jonathan Huberto. Um, can't add anything more than what D gave us earlier. We all know. Number eight, Svechnikov out of Carolina. Um, not going to say more than what D said. It wasn't the well. Detroit Red Wings Svechnikov. <laughs> thought it, thought about Evgeny. <laughs> thought about it. Just couldn't. It makes do me it. so sad that we have a Svechnikov and he's just so much worse than his brother. I, I, I have something where like when I <laughs> sucks. Play, when I play chill, I just love to put brothers together, and I try to put them together. But Evgeny is just too shit to keep in the show. So yeah, apologies to Evgeny. I mean, he's, taking, he's a real Valerie Burry, Fedor Fedorov, yeah. <laughs> Steve Korea, <laughs> one of those things. Yeah. Get the better, 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 better off. My apologies to Valerie Bray. He was a good player. He probably didn't deserve yeah, to be lumped in there. Not bad at all. Steve Korea and the better, better off were probably the more the better. Dude, Sergey Fedorov was so fucking. Yeah, bad. they released that clip this week. That was like uh, Fedorov's five, five goal, goal game, game or whatever. And they showed yeah. the passing in that game, and it was just like hockey porn. Dude, the Russian five were just they were just too much. Gross. They were so very gross. gross. Dude, Vlad. Vladislav Konstantinov would, or Vladimir Konstantinov would have been so unbelievable. Like, yeah. it makes me so mad. It's a sad one. It's sad. I had his jersey when I was a kid. We used to have to like, see him at every game, too. Like, he would just sit in the, the, the section with all the fans. I don't, I don't know if you saw him. I've saw him, like, multiple, multiple times. Oh, yeah. It's very, very sad. But great as, player. As a kid, I had his jersey. It was Iserman and then him. They were my two favorite players. Oh, if you're, Paul Coffey, if you're younger and don't know about Konstantinov, go check oh, out some hitting God. clips of that best, guy. That guy was Cronwall before Cronwall was... Cronwall. He was the best. Also, most eaters throwing huge hits. We're not going to talk about it. My number nine, Max Pacioretty. I'm very surprised. I thought that Brock would honestly have this guy in his top ten. If we were talking about DraftKings plays, he would be. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> Brock, like, averages yeah. 19 shots a night. This is a guy where I know, because I'm high on him this year, he's going to have an absolute horse shit year. This happened for two years yeah. in a row. The You're not super high on him either, though. Yeah, and him we're all nine, really low on him. Say, he, just, he just missed my top yeah. ten. But. He had a 32 yeah, and 34 season last year with... 307 shots. For those of you who are counting at home, that's four less than Ovi had last year. Um, granted, 16 less goals, but at the same time, elite, elite, elite sh- shot producer. I, I bunched him in with McKinnon and Ovi earlier for a reason. We know we're going to get shots. The one big worry, obviously, trade rumors out in Vegas, but that could either help him or hurt him. I was him. a little bit worried about that until he was like, dude, I spent 12 years in Montreal. Yeah. This is nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, fair enough. But yeah. uh, if we're they're talking, ruthless out there. Eh? Oh, absolutely. they just don't care. They're so cutthroat. They're like, we're fucking winning a championship. Yeah, we gonna, don't care who's, do whatever whose feelings takes. we hurt. Well, because watch, they're gonna turn him into like Taylor Hall, signed on an eight-year contract. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Eventually, that like it's gotten to catch up to. <laughs> yeah, but um, but for me, patches. If we're talking about goals and we're talking about consistency, a guy who scored thirty plus goals six times in his career, someone who's just going to really stand out for me. But I also love to bash age, so we do have to take that into account. But at the same time, it's, he's not at a glaringly too old point. Yeah. Um, again, high shot volume, great lineup. I'm worried that he could get pushed around in that lineup with how strong that top six is. Well, just how strong that either. top 12 is. Yeah. Um, I don't, like I said, I don't think you're crazy high yeah, on him. No. I think I would love he to get probably him deserves as the to be in a top here. 10. It's just his ADP right now is Is crazy. it ridiculously high? It's yeah, it's so high. I will admit one we'll thing. We'll get into the ADPs a little ADPs, bit more yeah. later, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty high. It's, to me, it, he's just really resurrected his career. Like, not that yeah. it was dead. It just he had, you know, he had a couple that Those last numbers year. Are just the last so year in glaring. Montreal, he was hurt. His first year in yeah. uh, in Vegas wasn't, you know, amazing. And then last year, he kind of returned yeah. to that that elite shot volume uh, that we've seen when well, in, in his prime years in Montreal. And it's really kind of brought his value back to a whole new level. I have him as my bus. Might as well get into it now because I don't just want to move on and then my get right Goudreau, back the same but go stuff back to in, it. in five minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I have Patrick as a bust. And again, like I said, I have him r- ranked around where Biebs has him. I had him at 11. Um, and it's really way less about him being overhyped and more about the fact that there really aren't any undeserved left wingers going that early in drafts this season. I know you guys probably had a, the same uh, problem. Um, mm-hmm. Seems pretty solid so far, the ADPs across the board. Uh, but this one did stand out. His ADP right now, 46.8. I just think that's way too generous for him. Um, we do adore him on this podcast. We have for years for that shot volume, like you said, Bees. But career shooting percentage is just 11%. Has disappointed many fantasy owners over the years. To me, like at this point, he's a guy that needs to fire 300 shots on goal. Yeah. If he's going to have a 30-goal season, which is a problem, obviously, because he's 32 now. Uh, like you said, trade rumors starting to swirl, so you never like to see a guy get uprooted in the middle of the year. Um, so I'm just not sure he'll be able to maintain that godlike shot volume this season. And like I said, he really, really does need it. He's just not that sharp of a shooter. Never has been. So, yeah, anytime you get to that point where you, you need that many shots to really be on, uh, like I said, the edge, it just does not cut it for me at a 46.8 ADP. That's way too rich for me. I think he's going to come in. Again, I bank on him coming in around a 25-30 goal pace with 30 assists. Uh, and yeah, that just doesn't cut it to go, be going that early in drafts for me at the start of the fourth round or end of the fourth round. Yeah, and like you, I do you have him at your incredibly early. You have him at like your like eleventh or twelfth left winger, mm-hmm. and like that's a good spot because he would probably be going a little bit later than like he'd be going in like the sixties, which is a little bit more, you know, doable than the to the forties. Um, I, I didn't know we were going to get ready to this. I was going to save mine for later, but I might as well piggyback in and, and cut in on here you, you here for a second, Beebs, because uh, my bus was actually Svechnikov. Um, who I have ranked at number nine, um, it makes me sad because I love Spechnikov, uh, but I think the fact that his ADP is 22 yeah. right now, even that where, is way too rich for my Even boy. with how me and Beavs are a little bit, maybe a little bit higher on him than you this year, but not neither that of us are grabbing him that No, early. I'm not no. grabbing him. So like, ahead of, he's, right now he's being drafted ahead of proven guys like Marshawn, Steven Stamkos, Evgeny Malkin, um, and I think that's still too much of an ask for a guy like Spechnikov at just 20 years old. Uh, he still hasn't had his point-per-game season. It very well could come in 2021. But I, I like him more as a low-end number one left winger uh, rather than, like, at 22. At 22, that's a guy that you're basically relying to carry your fantasy team this season. So uh, I love Svechnikov. Uh, you know, everything that you guys have already said about Svechnikov, um, you know, rings true. But at 22, like, he's got to be 
unbelievable. Like that's yeah. your second. That's a second guy. He has your to team. carry your like, team. He has to carry your team. Like, and we're not know, even sure he's going to get that uptick in ice. No, time, right? and like at twenty two, so like you, you know, you're probably starting Drysidle or Kucherov and Svechnikov. It's not bad, but it's like when you have a guy like that, it's not bad to you know expect a bit of a breakout but that's still too rich for me i like him uh, a little bit lower uh but then obviously number 10 i, I mentioned it earlier i've got um johnny gaudreau so uh Biebs, i know you, we kind of cut you off at number nine how did your top 10 finish out uh, my 10 closed out same thing johnny gaudreau for me i just expect uh i expect a little bit more of what we've seen and not necessarily what we've seen lately uh well, this guy had a 99 point year an 84 point year and a 78 point year um, in three of his past four years, the year um, prior to last year's terrible season, clearly something was wrong for Johnny Hockey last year. Whether it was health, whether it was you know mentally, just something was not connecting with his that game. Whole, that whole top, yeah. Point. Shots were still there. Two hundred nine shots um, was on pace to kind of hit his regular two hundred and fifty pace. So I could see him with the same amount of shots and a lot better than an eight point six shot percentage. Just you know moving his way back into that top ten. I really really like Johnny Hockey. I always have. He was a model of consistency before last year. Um, I expect him to get back there. Um, should I just go into my bust, Brock, here? Uh, might as well, yeah, and then we'll head over to the Blue Stones for a break. Okay, my bust, quite obvious one to me, stood right out. I will admit that I did not look at AEDPs until today. Um, now that we're looking, though, this one was glaring. Philip Forsberg out in Nashville. He's your bust? He is my bust. So funny because he's my sleeper. We'll talk about him Is he later. okay? <laughs> because I was about to take another bust that's D's breakout. But for me, Philip Forsberg's <laughs> ADP is 77 right now. That is only one spot better than Claude Giroux and two spots better than our boy Kyle Connor. Um, that's also better than Kevin Fiala, Evander Kane, and William Nylander. So for me, this one just... Forsberg just... If we're talking about consistency, we're talking about consistently average... 48 points last year, 50 points the year before, 64 the year before that, which was a career high. Um, as a whole, he's averaging just around the 60-point range. And for me, if you're going to be taking him with the 78th or 77th overall pick, if you're in a 12-team league, my math's absolute garbage right now, but you're going to be taking him in about the 6th or 7th round there. Mm-hmm. And to get your 6th or 7th best player to be someone who can only put up around 60 a year, that just doesn't do it for me. I know he kind of averages out with the goals and the assists. He's on a top line, but for some reason, Nashville has never had an, a player who just puts up mad points per game. Mm-hmm. If you look in their previous, I don't, I not not sure for sure, but I believe there has never been a point per game player in Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> I am I'm looking this one up before our next. Our next break. We'll look it up on the break. In the la- uh, uh, Paul Korea, I was right. I thought it. Searched it. He, he, he had did? 85 and He had 85. Okay, he might have been actually one of the only ones, but over <laughs> so the years. I was really excited because I thought, like, I know he had a couple yeah. of good years in Nashville. No, exactly. He was he was the one that I was like, he might break this. I'm sure there are a couple others, but in the last five years, we have Even though he could one. be the only one. Uh, they're, sure. they're, it's such a weird anomaly. That's, that probably, the single, just, that's probably their single season yeah. record, I would imagine. I don't remember anyone. If there is anyone who has over a point per game, it's someone who played, like, five games and had, like, six points yeah or something. no that's got to be the single season record i would imagine in nashville which even 85 points for a season that's kind of I'll a joke we could check yeah and, but and even and then even the, the year after sorry just massive paul korea fan he had 76 points in 82 games what a beast and that was his 31 and 32 age seasons and it was after the lockout so he didn't play the full year before love the guy yeah. Love Paul. yeah but um not his brother steve though 
No, not at all. But back to our boy Philip Forsberg. If you're taking him here, 85 and 76 career uh, point seasons from Paul Korea, first and second. There in, you go. In uh, National Predators. Wow. So I was that close. Great I was stat. close to having almost <laughs> never having a. That, that's actually crazy though. Like, but the two most that was literally the only season over a point per game in National Nashville history. history. That's what I mean. Yeah. See, it sounded okay, like hold on, though. that sounded that like is an absolutely insane, though. Like no one list that, but no one would no one would think that the two highest single point can campaigns in national part of history who has third and fourth best seasons you think? martin erat nope oh that was a good guess hornquist steve sullivan steve sullivan another good guess he's fifth oh hornquist nope not enough points um david a guy legwand. with a guy with two letters david legwand his, no as two letters as his first name two letters i don't know 10 seconds i'll yeah. give them to you Straight for that. Wait, so we're just looking for the third? Third or fourth. Well, he had both? Third, no, he had, there's two guys. Okay. <laughs> Steve Sullivan. I know What's it's not here. Let's fire it over to the Blue Stones here, and when we get back, we'll see if these guys have figured it out, and we'll talk about our sleepers, breakouts, busts, if we haven't talked about them already, and rookies. Enjoy the Blue Stones. We'll find out who the best natural predators in history are after the break. Wow. What a franchise. Baby, be my fire. Baby, be my gentlemen to season six episode four of the daily face-off podcast presented to you by our friends at odd shark hope you guys enjoyed those sweet tunes from the blue stones wow power licks you were listening to the blue stones the boys discovered that number three if any if any fan or any listener of the show was listening to the blue stones and came up with this answer tweet at us you better be honest about it because i'll be impressed (laughs) but you better be number three with 28 goals, 44 points, 70 sorry, 44 assists, 72 points in 79 games in 2008. Jason Arnott, as Which, we all expected. After a, after a hint or two, you guys got that one was easier. Right? That's the next one that really number threw me. four. Well, you in said match- has three of the top eight, right? Yes, he has three of the top eight seasons in Predators history. But number four was also in 2008, assuming he played on a line with Arnott. J.P. Dumont, That's 29 goals, 43 assists. Uh, but Beebs, number five was Scott Sullivan. Uh, Steve Steve Sullivan? Steve Sullivan, yeah. sorry. Scott Walker was, was right on six. the edge. Scott Walker. Scott Walker was number six. That's a good shout-out. Um, and then J.P. Dumont, J.P. Dumont Scott was seven Walker and Walker is a great, great. Uh, but Roman Yossi, actually ninth in team history last year in a shortened season. He had 65 points in 69 games as a defenseman. That's fucking nuts. Could have been the second one ever to... Uh, I mean, he had he had some ground to make up, but yeah. on Paul. 
They'll always be chasing Nashville Predator all-time great Paul Korea. Always. Uh, single season As settings. people remember him. <laughs> we got to buy a Paul Korea. National I can't Predator believe he's shoot. one and two in the t- two seasons he ever played in Nashville. Dude, that one 30s. year, what like 2006, 31 goals, 54 assists. Like, that's, was, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame just for that. Forget everything he did with Anaheim. <laughs> I'm a believer. Olympic gold he won. Terrific As legend. Yeah. But speaking of the Predators, I'm yes. gonna I'm gonna talk about my sleeper who is apparently Biebs' bust. So somebody's gonna yeah. be right here. Someone's um, sleeping and someone's busting. To me, I have Philip Forsberg because he's coming off of a disappointing 2020 season where he had a career low 48 points in 63 games. The problem for Forsberg is that he missed time in three of the last uh, three three straight seasons. Sorry, but that was after going three straight seasons without ever missing a game. Uh, the Predators juggled their lines a ton last year, mostly because of injuries. Uh, but when Forsberg, Johansson, and Arvidsson was together in the playoffs, they were absolutely dominant. Uh, granted, they did play against the Arizona Coyotes yeah. in a series in which Real they lost. Uh, but that top, <laughs> line, that top line was, <laughs> was just unbelievable, that entire series. And I think... Last year was so bad that people forget just how good this line was in 2019. Uh, Arvidsson had a career year. They are one of the best lines in hockey for most of 2000, uh, 2019. So even with injuries, Forsberg scored 20 goals. In 20 plus goal story in six straight seasons. He's topped uh, 30 assists in three of those campaigns. His shot volume remains great and never wavers. He was on pace for 258 shots last year. Uh, and with a good shooting year this year, he should have 30 30 pace upside, which is terrific production for someone who is being drafted as a low end number two left winger. Right You're now. saying at 78, though, that that's like a. That's not even like early. Like, that's like you're like your second. That's like your, that's like your fourth winger. Ugh. Your fourth winger, like how you're he, taking four wingers in the first seven rounds? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you would be right uh, around there. He might be yeah. your third winger. Yeah, I but like he's gonna be like your, he's gonna be a, a number two. I'll take a number two left winger. Ten of the people are going behind. I would agree with both of you. I think Beebs is right. That how can you agree with both? Seventy two because <laughs> you're talking different sides of the argument, right? Yeah. Beebs is just saying he's getting drafted too early, which I would agree with based on the. But I'm stock. saying he's getting drafted. He's a he's a good pick at that value. You see sleeper or breakout? sleeper oh that's direct indirect uh yeah direct confrontation with we're each battling other. That's yeah, no, i can't agree with both then exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah. um i'd probably lean more towards beebs but i can also only just based off looking off what i can see and with the fact that the predator the predators like you say they juggle their lines a lot i would love to see forsberg spend the whole year with johansson and arvidsson i think part of the problem is that top nine top 12 is just so balanced um not so they, much this year <laughs> yeah true yeah this is true. So be an again, interesting one for them. Um, yeah, and he's definitely a guy that you know when you watch him and you see him go through these certain stretches, and it's I really feel like we still have never seen the best that he has to offer over a full season. Doesn't he feel like the type of player in a shortened season that could just get hot and no tear it up? Because he's he's, he's like only ever put up sixty four in his best year. I, I think just, I, don't I know, know I'm with I'm with Brock though. I could see him reaching new heights. I think we've been calling for it for a few years. I know Brock has I wouldn't mind seeing it cuz someone has yeah. to there. But I would agree with Bees in that I wouldn't be drafting him 72nd. I'd probably wait a round or two later. Uh but the upside you're getting at that point in the draft either way is pretty exciting, I think. So It's all on Phil now. Phil's got to yeah. prove one of us wrong. All right. Um I think I actually Still, well, you owe me a case of beer. I was just gonna say that. I think <laughs> just I, when you said that, I was thinking you guys should make a bet. I was just I was gonna. Like, say, I was. We all remembered it. So, you know, I owe <laughs> I owe uh, D a case of beer for 
Was it Brady Kachuk and Jamie Ben last year? It was Blake Wheeler and Jamie Ben. You wish it was Brady Kachuk. Wait, it was Brady. Kachuk it was Brady Kachuk. Because <laughs> you because wish. I went that far to make the point of how poor I thought Jamie Ben would be last year. And the Ben ended up being. It started around the Wheeler uh, Ben argument. Wow. It ended up being fairly close. I would have yeah, taken the Ben side. I, I think you. Uh, I think you edged. It was me just out goal with, scored, right? I think you edged me out with Brady Kachuk yeah. over. Either way, I'm giving you a case of beer for that one because Jamie Ben didn't have a very good year. But Biebs, so. What's the what's the bet here? Yeah, he did beat him. Philip Forsberg. I just if he outperforms seventy whatever the hell we have him ADP'd here. That's well. Who's Beebs? Who's your sleeper, Beebs? Uh, my sleeper is Oliver Bjorkstrand. Ooh, how you feel about that, Brock? Philip Forsberg or Bjorkstrand? Fuck, I love Bjorkstrand. I know, <laughs> Come on. I know. but like that seems like a pretty legit. And bet we got to me. Bjorkstrand coming in. At ADP, do you I think want, Vegas do you want to give the favor to, to Forsberg. We know a little bit better than Vegas does. Bjorkstrand's Talking ADP about... is a hundred spots later than. Well, yeah. that that's gonna change. That, that I think that, that those are one of those early ones that's yeah. wrong. Yeah. I'm talking about ga- Vegas as the gambling amalgamation, by the way, not Vegas as the Golden Knights. I hate that now that we have to clarify that. Yeah. Okay. All right. I will. Yeah. I'll I'll see that action. Let's go. So Bjorkstrand versus Phil Fors. Just goals or points too. I think we should go. I think we should go. 12-pack on each. Goals and points. Yeah. Shit. So if, if Forsberg wins both, I get a full case. That's fair. Or vice versa. Just, let me just look here for a sec. Oh, he's nervous. All right. Well, anyway, I mean, so- I'm betting on a guy who's only ever put up, like, 40 points in a season before. So. That's a good bet, I think. I've made that same bet with Brady Kachuk last year. <sighs> That's pretty true. Ben. That's pretty true. All right. Just we, for did the- see, we did see regression coming for Jamie Ben, though. Like, he was headed in the <laughs> wrong direction. I don't I don't think the same can be said about Phil Let's do again. Let's do goals. Because... <laughs> All right, that's fine. Bjorkstrand had 20 in his last two years, and you said that Phil Forrest had 20 in his last six. Yeah, so. that's fair. Here we go. All right, there it is. It's on goals. Put it on the board. Should I get into my boy then while we're here? Yeah. Yep. I love, I love well, actually, boys. this is even my boy. This is all our boy. Mm-hmm. This is a collective Daily Faceoff podcast boy because we all got on the Bjorkstrand train last year and chugga-chugga-choo-choo until he got injured and it fell off the rails. It was absolutely <laughs> rolling. It was um, rolling, man. He was so fucking good. <laughs> he was going crazy him. to the point where, like, he every single night, it was you'd look at your lineup, you're like, oh, shit, your top guys aren't scoring. You're like, oh, good thing uh, Bjorkstrand played today. He had three. I just um, love when a guy like this breaks out and all the pundits are like, nobody talks about Oliver Bjorkstrand enough. And it's been like, like, bruh, listen to the Daily Face-Off <laughs> yeah, podcast. We've been talking about this We're talking about him for five years. Shot about it. We talked about his shot production, which yeah. was absolutely bonkers. Like, holy shit, this 16-year-old in Denmark just had... Fucking 300 <laughs> shots in a 40 game season. Is he Danish? Uh, yeah, that was good. Let's yeah, go. he, he had a, sniped it. Let's yeah. go. He me, had a 13 game stretch from November 1st to November 20th. So the entire month of November, where he had 13 points in 13 games. Let's yeah. fucking go all So that's a guy who I think, you know, Love in him. a shortened season, he could get hot. As I mentioned, the ADPs, or we've mentioned, ADPs are a little blown out right now. It's a little crazy. But at the same time, even to have them at 178. They set the, they set the curve, though. They set yeah. the pace. And having them at 178 at this point. Just look at ADP. <gasps> okay, yeah. that stretch was not even anywhere comparable to how he was before he got hurt. In his final oh, 20 games after of the season. No, like, no, this is leading up to when he got hurt. Like This ended oh, on February 20th. Crazy. From December 9th through February 20th, he had 15 goals, 21 points in 20 games. <laughs> Get hot. You know what? Brock, 12-pack, 12-pack. <laughs> Goals and points. All right. He did shoot 22.1% over that stretch. but Thir- You know what? Make it a 18-pack. Um, no, but uh, yeah, yeah. So we're going. 
I got Bjorkstrand. I think it's quite obvious. A lot of people are going to sleep on this guy. A lot of guys, people are going to disrespect the Columbus Blue Jackets, me included. Um, John Tortorella team doesn't really score that often, but if there is someone that he likes, we found his boy. It's this Denmark kid. All of your Bjorkstrand, get some. I, I, I like Columbus a lot this year. I really do, too. And I, I, would, like, I hated them last yeah. year. That like, division, like before the that division like, the way that they're lined up right now, uh, divisions not, are going to make a does, big Does uh, not look good. Like, it's difference. like, like that division's got Detroit. It's got Chicago, who doesn't Eight even have wins. a goalie. Like, Tampa Bay might go undefeated. Yeah, realistically. They might only lose to Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> Lock it in. Bronx Bowl prediction. Undefeated season. <laughs> Imagine when we fucking 56 and 0. We used to do hot take episodes, and we should just add that one. Yeah, Bronx. We, we got to bring back the hot 56 take. 56 and 0. Uh, I got a good segue here. So I got another sleeper, Danish oh. left winger. <laughs> no. You guys know who? <laughs> no? He's another boy of the Ehlers? show. Yeah, there you go. The boy. Yeah. Oh, I know my Danes. Oh, love the future of Denmark <laughs> his, hockey right his, now. His, his ADP gross. is so low. It's yeah. insane. So uh, Ehlers, you know, we had to wear that one on the chin last year. It's a guy that, again, another one we have been touting for three or four years. First couple years in the show. Bang, bang. So, so look, making the boys bang. look good. Yeah. yeah, bang, 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 even. You're right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, obviously had that terrible year in 2018-19. But you did enjoy a nice bounce back campaign last season. Finished last year with 25 goals, 33 assists, and 71 games, despite playing just 16 minutes and 31 seconds a night. Uh, his upside has always been capped by that inability to crack the top line with Connor Shifley Wheeler. I think Stastny's return to Winnipeg should help that a little mm-hmm. bit, though. Help Ehlers take a step forward in production this season, regardless of whether he's playing on the on line one or two. Line A looks to be back in form, which is, again, really encouraging for Ehlers. Question still remains as to whether or not he can find a spot on the top power play unit. That might be harder to come by, but at the very least, he should be able to replicate the 67-point pace he had last season. Add in the fact that he carries dual wing eligibility. This guy's an absolute steal at his current ADP of 162.3. Ridiculous. He's just 24, That's ridiculous. I remember to That's say. Stupid. You know what was crazy, too? And, and I, I really liked him as a as a sleeper candidate because, yeah, his ADP is super low. Uh, but in the playoffs, they, they gave him a little bit more run. Uh, they were banged up, but... He kind of was the guy that stepped up in, in in all those injuries, and he you know he had that one massive game. He scored two just ridiculous goals. Um, he's an incredible talent. He's incredible. Yeah, I remember for like the first eight years of this podcast, we just talked about that one play. <laughs> it was cool, man. <laughs> we just couldn't ever stop talking yeah. about it, and for good um, reason. But he he is so good, and the Stastny addition means so much for. For him and Line A. And I like think if, the whole top six, too, because you're right, they did play around with their lines a little bit more last year, not mm-hmm. just in the playoffs, but throughout the year. We saw Connor Scheifele Wheeler get breaking up a little bit. Wheeler like Wheeler playing in the middle, yeah. Yeah, so hopefully that won't have to happen this year. Um, and yeah, either way, if they do decide to break it up a little bit, we saw Ehlers get a little bit of a run with Scheifele and Wheeler. So that'd be great to see. It just gives them the option, uh, or either way, like I said, solidifies that top six across the board either way. Not and, as much make or break if you're on the top line or not. And other than last season, he's been very consistent yeah. and he's literally never missed a the game year before other- last yeah sorry two years ago that's yeah. what i'm saying but sorry, he yeah. like his adp it's as if last year didn't even happen no exactly <laughs> and he hasn't like other than two years ago yeah he has not missed a game uh in his nhl career so he's a guy that's been extremely durable he's been really consistent yeah, he doesn't he's never really that had that th- i mean he had 29 goals in 2018 yeah. um but he, like he's a guy that has 30 
goal potential. Yeah. Like, the the issue really is the power play, right? Because it's like who yeah. is he? Whose spot is he taking out of Connor Shifley, Wheeler, Line a on that top unit? Right, career high. Seven if they're not going five goals. forwards, I don't think he gets a sniff. If everyone's healthy, even though I think he might be able to do a job and For maybe sure. a year or two down the line, as Wheeler starts to little get a little bit older, he can kind of take over as the chief playmaker on that team. But yeah, I think it's a little bit capped this year. But either way, bottom of your roster guy yeah, right now, gimme. dual wing eligibility. Doesn't even make get sense. Get in. Get get in my Wheeler roster. Wheeler is such a fucking beauty, eh? Yeah. <laughs> he is so good. Friend of the show, too. Blake's so so good. Blake? No, Nikolai. So good. Both. Oh, no, oh Wheeler, you're talking Wheeler. Wheeler. Oh, yeah. Wheeler is so good, yeah. eh? I was doing. You like, had Ben ranked above Wheeler last year. Just I just, just uh, crazy. I just <laughs> did. Uh, I just did my rankings. Uh, I released them today. Like, not my, my projections. And, like,. Wheeler just pops so hard. Always. All of them. Like, yeah. Like, I always was a little bit lower on him because of it. Like, I, I was really high on him when he was, like, a steal. And then when he started, like, getting more notoriety, I was always a little lower because he didn't score any goals. But yeah, then, he's, like, like, getting drafted at the end of the first round. Yeah, and then he's yeah. just so then he's just so. But good. the thing about his not scoring goals is he always fires shots, too, right? Like, Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. you know. Does he just shoot muff? Last year makes him a bit of an anomaly. Probably. Last year, not so much. He shoots for the read, right? <laughs> but like, yeah, you don't you don't see these guys that are perennial like fifty assist machines that also just turn out you know two hundred to two hundred and fifty shots every year. Yeah, and ten uh, percent shooter. He's not a not a muffin. No, well, that's what I mean. It's again, it's kind of like this Pacioretty where if he's ever going to score thirty goals, he needs to fire three hundred shots. But he fires enough shots. I mean, <laughs> that the goals are always going to be there to complement the influx of assists that are going to be coming in with him. All right, Beebs, back to you here. My breakout? Yep. All right, another guy who the show absolutely loved last year. I'll give Brock. <laughs> we just talk about the same guys every year. <laughs> every year. No, actually. Until, we until the people start listening. Yeah. yeah, well, this guy, yeah. This guy stands right out, and Brock, honestly, another one where I can give you full credit. You, you, you pointed him out before the year started, and I was like, who the fuck is that guy? Victor Olofsson out in Buffalo. Um, 20 goals, 22 assists last year in 52 games. This is a guy who at one point was highly contending with the Rookie of the Year Mm -hmm. um, honors. I talked about him last week on the show. I don't know if that part got cut out or not, so that's why I'm rounding back back to it. Yeah, it would have. But, yeah, so I didn't talk about him last week on the show. (laughs) I did. Victor (laughs) Olsen, appreciate you. Victor Olsen had 34 points in 41 games prior to getting injured um, originally with Buffalo. Um, to start off his campaign, which the injury kind of really slowed him down. He came back, he, he put up about a half point per game after that, which is fine. But the thing that really steps out for me, we've talked about it three different times today. Taylor Hall is now a Buffalo Sabre. Taylor Hall is now playing with Jack Eichel. And Taylor Hall is now playing with Jack Eichel and Victor Olofsson, as it looks. Um, I only say that just because of how well the Eichel-Olofsson combo worked last year when they were together. So if anyone's going to get off that line, I would almost more expected to be Hall than Olofsson at this point. He's an absolute power play beast. Um, sure we, we, we saw it, and, and that's where that's where he really just steps out for me. He has 35 points in his first 42 games last year. Half clap, God. Super solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was with the, the one added game after his injury. Um, yeah, he's a, as I mentioned, he's he's the power play option for them. Well, maybe not the option this year, but we'll see. But he was last still year. The he shooter. was the power play option shooter. That just had so much value. We were seeing it. He would go game in and game out with just getting power play points. But at the same time, he was still a top winger on your team. For a guy who's on pace to get, as mentioned, pre-entry, he was on pace to get 68 points in 82 games. That's how his season would have ended if he would have did that, that 41-game stretch. I'll take 68 points from a guy who I'm going to get at the very end. And I expect him to break out 
because of the people around him and just he's another year deeper as mentioned uh, last year was his rookie season I don't and it wasn't necessarily his rookie season he had one season the year before where he played I believe a couple it was, games it was, yeah he scored two goals six, two assists yeah, six in six games which was still very very impressive but I just don't um, see this law so- sophomore slump coming for this guy no. I love the people around him I really love what's going on in Buffalo and this is one guy I expect to really take his game to the next level and someone who I don't think will be getting respect that he deserves yeah I think it was something like it might have been eight I think it was six though like he scored six goals in the first like eight games and they were all, all the power, power play, play. Yeah, at one like, point this he, isn't gonna continue we were at like, one point his yeah. first nine goals or something of his career because the two he scored the year before were yeah with power, power play, play as well too, yeah. so at one point every like his first eight, no, power was, play goal they're like going nuts because he could actually score on yeah, regular. He's got time. a great shot. I absolutely yeah. love him. And uh, I think he's just going to flourish with what's going on there. So for me, people are not sleeping on him, but he's well, he he's ready sleeper, to break it. But he's yeah, ready. he's ready to break out. Well, yeah. The thing, I, I, and we'll talk a little bit more and he's being slept on about both. it on the next podcast because um, right now he's going uh, behind Sam Reinhart in drafts, mm. and he's the more hmm. likely candidate to play on that top line yeah. than than Reinhardt is, in my opinion. I, I could be wrong. And but he's I just definitely going to be on the power play over oh, Reinhardt yeah. there. So that's he is it, the power. That's play. where it stands out. I don't know. Um, I'll go next year. My breakout is Anthony Beauvillier. Uh, we already enjoyed a mini breakout from Beauvillier, who had 14 points, 9 goals, 5 assists, and 22 playoff games after the NHL's return to play last year. He was that guy who everyone was like, who? Like, that guy's good, eh? Like, it's like, no no shit. There's always one that it steps out in the playoffs. The guy's Him actually Him and Kirby good. Doc. Kirby Doc looks like Yeah, Kirby Doc was one as well, yeah. Totally different player in the in the playoffs. Like, like he, I cannot wait to watch him in the World Juniors. Like it's gonna be like a man amongst boys. Like he's too so, big. He's yeah, I don't get, I don't it, should, it should be like a roller coaster. Where they're like, you have to be but. below this height and weight to play in the yeah. World Juniors. He's a man. He doesn't clear it yet. No, I can't believe that that happened. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna um, be sweet. But yeah, like I said, Bovier looked like a totally different player when the NHL resumed play last year. And Barry Trotz noticed he played him almost a full minute and a half more per game in the postseason, and his shot volume is really what impressed me. It rose from 1.94 shots per game in the regular season to 3.05 per game in the playoffs. If he can carry anything similar to that into 2021, he has 30 pay, uh, 30 goal pace upside. Well, what I really like about Beauvillier uh, is he's a player that isn't even being drafted right now, so you know you won't so have dumb. to waste any draft capital while hoping for a breakout. Uh, but Trotz loves him on that second line with Brock Nelson. They were terrific last year, and it doesn't really matter if he's on PP1 or PP2 because Barry Trotz doesn't give a fuck about that shit. <laughs> <laughs> they both play the same amount. The they they play the both. They both play the same amount of time, and they're both pretty not good. Uh, they're okay, but I just I think like he looked so different that, uh, in the playoffs. He's always been a guy that we've been pretty high on. Uh, he's a guy that had terrific numbers in the QMJHL. So um, if you can get him literally at the end of drafts and, yeah. and as your last left winger, Snake. and he has potentially thirty goal upside this season, uh, well. 30, 30 goal, goal pace. pace. 30 Fucking goal. hate that. I mean, it's going to make... This guy's got 15 goal Yeah, it's going to be tough. This guy's going to score 15 goals. Well, he sucks. Um, real quick, I'll wrap it up. Brady TK coming in for me as my breakout. Um, more about the Shocking fact that I think you. he's... Yeah, right? Uh, more about the fact that I think he's going to take a step forward this year um, than about him actually outperforming his ADP. I would not touch him at his ADP right now. I think it's more to do with the hits than anything else. But his average draft position right now... You guys ready? Hit me. 63.2 for Brady Kachuk, who's 
never yeah. topped 45 points. Yeah, I saw that. I was, that's why I was going to bust him originally. Well, Yahoo standard, fair, sco- Yahoo standard scoring but, category leagues includes hits. Yeah, it's and, true. And he goes crazy. Yeah, and uh, but I still think he's just going to take a major step forward this year. So that's why I penciled him in. Uh, he managed 21 goals, 23 assists last season, despite a piss poor 8.1 shooting percentage and an unfortunate 7.5 on ice shooting percentage. Maybe that not unfortunate when you play for the Senators, but uh, you guys know I'm a sucker for shot volume. Brady Kachuk certainly has that. Just 20 years old, still fired a remarkable 259 shots in 71 games last year. Uh, I like I said, I like him to take a big step forward this season. Think the addition of Dadanov will be huge, assuming they actually play together. Either way, just on the power play, having someone uh, who's actually an elite offensive talent and knows what they're doing out there going to go a long way to help pad Kachuk's numbers. Uh, again, having said all that, his current ADP, way too rich for me. I'd like to see him fall closer to the century mark before I pulled the trigger. Um, but his ADP is always, like we talked about, it's always going to be ballooned a little bit by hits leagues. Um, so yeah, it, hopefully the people that you're drafting with kind of are, are smart to that and don't jump in them too early. So yeah, be aware, but if he's still there around the, you know, like I said, the 100 pick mark, uh, then that's when I would be getting into some Brady Kachuk stock. He's even better if you are in a hits league. Um, yeah. and this is the time to mention, uh, I released a little video today on daily Faceoff Twitter. So I released my fantasy hockey projections like I always do, but this year I have a Google sheet. Uh, where you can go and download your own version of that sheet, and then you can change um, your leagues. Like you can change the league settings, and it will update the rankings. So if your league does include hits, or if you're in a points league where hits are worth point one or whatever, you can change the point value or the categories uh, for your league and get adjusted rankings based on those uh, yeah. categories. So and it's uh, Google Sheets, so you don't even need to buy Microsoft Office. Exactly. Yeah, you can use. Uh, you can just. Sign into Google, Google Office or whatever the hell it's called, and yeah, it's very Google. Office. It should be convenient. It was supposed to be on the website, but it was kind of a last minute edition, and we weren't able to to build it out. So it's on Google Sheets for now. But make sure you click around on Daily Faceoff about seven or eight times before you go and abandon us to Google Sheets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we were. This would be the the point of the time, uh, the show where we talk about busts, but we've already talked. I've got Svechnikov. D, you have patches, patch ready, and. Beebs, you have Philip Forsberg. Uh, we are all kind of just in a war with each other. It's just a war triangle of sleepers and values and busts. busts. And So let's talk a little bit about rookies to wrap up today's show before we immediately start recording the right wing episode. But uh, really quick, wrap up the rookies. Um, obviously, the top left wing rookie this year is Alex Lafreniere um, in New York. We expect him to play somewhere most likely in the top six potentially on the top line or second line, whichever you want to look at it. He's not going to World Juniors. He better be in the top six. With Mika Zibanejad, most likely, you would imagine that uh, Panarin and Strom will kind of remain together as a a duo. Uh, Lafreniere... Strom will remain firmly fastened into the back of Artemi Panarin. Yes. Uh, Lafreniere, obviously, guy that we all like. Uh, He had a tremendous World Junior last year. Um, But again, with rookies, you always have to be uh, a little bit careful I think over a full 82-game season, we're looking at probably a ceiling of 50 points. Would you guys agree with that? How many games are we playing? Like over a full season. Like if it was a full 82-game season, like a 50-point pace is probably right around his ceiling. I don't think anything. Well, maybe a little higher. Yeah, maybe a little higher. Yeah. You guys, oh, you guys are higher on a I rookie. I think he's than... a little bit of a special prospect. Yeah. And I'm a... not one to hype up first he's overall picks different. just for the sake of being first overall picks. You know, look at my take on Jack Hughes last year. We nailed it. He we sucks, nailed it. But, 
Is it too early to write him off completely? What a little, do you think? A little early. A little early? Yeah. Bulk up, Jack. Come on. For real. Lafreniere, though, is not... I agree, he's not Jack. No, he, I think he's... He's, he's, he's Lafreniere. As, he's as Canadian. No, as it stands now, I <laughs> have... There's probably might be some bias bleeding through here, but... Don't sugar me, Pat. He's got the size. I haven't projected... Yeah, he's not for from s- Ontario. Terry wants nothing to do with him. Yeah, he doesn't want to touch that one. For 16 goals, 26 and a half assists, so 42, 43 points over 56 games. That's fair. I I do kind that's of think fair. he has potential to top that though. Like, 60, that, I mean, that's even higher than the 60, that's like even a, higher than the fifty point pace. A thirty thirty pace though, I think is kind of doable for him. Yeah, it wouldn't I, blow I'm, my mind. I'm not expecting it, but yeah, he's got the talent. And I'm saying sixteen twenty six over fifty six. Yeah, it's not so. a great team, but they create a lot of offense. It's a very up and down system they use. So a lot of shots coming in, a lot of shots going out. So it's going to be just very interesting uh, with his role. If he, I think, if he is playing with advantage and he is on the top power yeah. play unit, he is a guy that could flirt with a yeah. point per game for sure. Okay, um, we have Tim Stutzel number two, or not really number two, but just second to talk about. It's not even for sure that he's going to make the Senators. Will be at the um, World Jays. Yeah. So he, if he's a guy that makes the centers i think he's somebody worth monitoring uh but if he's not yeah they're looking like it's looking if, if he does he'll be sorry like i'm just top, hearing all uh, these names second line right i'm just hearing all these names and they don't sound like nick robertson so i just have <laughs> nope well number four number oh, three oh. actually Kirill kaprasov we talked about him oh. a little bit last year uh or last week sorry uh he is actually the guy who i would imagine could be the best of the bunch here the just because of his uh, his history in the KHL, he's a guy that's going to step in and immediately be the focal point of the Minnesota Wild offense. He led the KHL in goals each of the last two seasons. He's a tremendous talent. He is, I think, four Wait, years whole, older than, than Alexis Lafreniere. So that it's cute things. that you think Minnesota Wild has an offense. I agree. <laughs> I agree. He led the whole KHL. In I think goals. he led the KHL in goals two years in a row. If Can I'm I get mistaken. a big old sheesh? Yeah, he, uh, he's been ridiculously good the last two years. And like I said, he's I think he's 23 or 24 years old, so he's like a rookie yeah. to the NHL, but he's he's not a rookie. So so he's more he's got more panner into him than Kovalchuk is what you're saying. So I was I'm saying Olafson. He's Olafson came in at 24, and I'm thinking he's more like Evgeny Dadunov, like a younger Evgeny Dadunov <laughs> Wait, production. Yeah, he sounds like he's pretty fucking good. Yeah, like he's like Panarin came in and posted 82 points or whatever, 30 with, goals in his last. Yeah, two like seasons he, he was game. a he was a point per game player with Kane. Kovalchuk first. came in and couldn't sniff a game, so. Yeah. But Kaprasov is literally going to be like the focal point. And he was doing pretty good in the K before he came over. And then we'll go to Toronto for the fourth left winger. Uh, Quite a few good rookie left wingers this year. Nick Robertson closing out uh, the rookies. He obviously had tremendous numbers in the OHL last year. Came up. Uh, He showcased uh, his his talent uh, with the Maple Leafs in the playoffs. He ridiculously good shot. Playoffs. That's that's polite of you to say. The five-game play-in. Well, whatever. Like, yeah. The play-ins. They didn't technically make the playoffs. That's whatever, though. Like the qualifying round. <laughs> yeah. But he scored one goal, right, in the play-on round? Snipe. I think. Snipe, yeah. He's got a great shot. <laughs> got, no, but really, he did snipe, I remember. <laughs> yeah, he did. He's got, a, he's got a great shot. He's a guy that could score some goals this yeah. year. Uh, if it's not clear, I'm just joking. It's not a guy I would be going after in redraft leagues. No, but yeah. obviously, there's some potential there. He definitely has. He's definitely going to make the roster. Yeah. So. But how how much ice time could he possibly oh, yeah. carve in that top six? I don't you know what, though. Like, Is he a guy that's going to be playing with Joe Thornton all year? Like, that's going to be cool. Yeah, be fun. That'll yeah. be cool. Um, and then obviously, be a like, fun time for him. Obviously, we talk about Le we Banks talk about these. Enjoy it. Uh, yeah, we talk about these rookies <laughs> at the end of the show because some of them are going to be redraft league um, keeper like, league. No, but like re, like they're going to have redraft league appeal, like Capsoff, oh, yeah, Lafreniere. Uh, but then obviously, keeper leagues guys like Robertson yeah. uh, have very bright futures. 
And uh, Sam goes with Stutzel, just un- it's unclear. If I'm being honest, I think Robertson projects more to be like the next Andreas Janssen or Kasperi Kapanen, where they can't really afford to keep him past his second contract, I guess. Um, doesn't seem to have a lot more upside than that, but I think he's it'd be more and more for deeper leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's definitely a guy that you could imagine carving out a 2020 season. And then they there. can just trade him to a to a bad team and he'll yeah. be on the top line. can pick up another Joey Anderson. We'll be fucking laughing. Yeah, there you go, Joey Anderson. <laughs> Playing the parade already. <laughs> yeah. All right, Joey. <laughs> so that was season Joey. six, episode four of the Daily Faceoff podcast. Uh, we will return Monday with the right wing episode, season six, episode five of the Daily Face Up podcast presented by Odd Shark. I'm Brock Segan. We got Dylan D. Berth and Michael B's Bondi. We will see you guys back here next week. Episode's gone so long, I'm on Yager's hockey DVD. <laughs> You're telling them that you need a man in who you can defend. Well, I'll be the gasoline to keep you alive. And I'll be the cold, so unbreakable. We burn together straight through the night. Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.